begin, we are uh, about uh, six lines. No, five lines up. One, two, three, four, five, six lines up at the word taima. Okay. Now, the reason why we stopped a little bit early is because this is introducing the new topic. And um, it's worthwhile. We're going to be spending a few pages on this topic to understand what it is. It's important to recognize that there's a concept in the Torah that's called Asei Dochalosasei, which means that uh, sometimes the Torah, although the Torah is a single unit, a single entity, so it's written by God, and so for all of you know, it's all one package. But nevertheless, there here's here and there there can be a conflict. There can be um, uh, one mitzvah that says do this, and then there's another mitzvah mm. that says don't do this. And sometimes the doing this conflicts with the don't doing this. Okay, and then you need to know, well, what do I do? Do I do this or do I don't do this? Okay, that's exactly what the question is. Okay, um, so that's the topic over here. Now, what's, what we're going to get to is, is that Let's get right to it. So, time with the cause of Rahman Allah. Sounds like that because of this extra word Allah, that's the basis for our whole Mishnah. Because without that word, we would have thought that even though this woman may be your <coughs> relation, a prohibited union, now she's your daughter, okay? Nevertheless, you still have a mitzvah of Yibum. If not for the extra word Allah to tell you that we don't do that, okay? It's forbidden. Now, why? Okay, why do I, I thought halavach? If not for that, hava amina. There was there was a, a real thought. Uh, we would have thought achos isha that uh, the sister of my wife. Okay, who's we know is forbidden. Meyabemis, you should still too bad. You have to do yibum. My time. Why would I have thought that? Why do I need? Why would that even be a hava amina that I should be able to override a prohibition for the sake of yibum? The answer is. Because we say, let the positive mitzvah override the negative prohibition. That's what, that's how we, uh, that's why we need the allow to tell you no. Okay. Now, the question is, this does not fit the normal criteria for Asi Dochilose. Because Eimer, I'll tell you, when there's a positive override and negative, that's losus and greater. That's when all you have on the negative side is a plain, regular, do not do this. Okay? Without any severity, without any extra punishment on top of that. Losa say, right, just a regular love. Losa say, if there's severity of kares for this losa say, then that's an upgraded losa say. We don't find anywhere that positive mitzvahs can override that. So, visu, and furthermore, losas are greater minalim. What is the whole source that positive overrides negative altogether? We say that it's true. I just told you it's true, but on what basis? Okay? There needs to be a makar, a source for it. The answer is minalim didaki, tixiv, it's based on the pasuk over here. This is the basis. Okay? How do you know? Here's the paradigm, the source for the idea. The pasuk says, lo silbash. Shatnis, one is forbidden to wear shatnis. Shatnis is wool and linen on the same garment. Okay? Lo silba shatnis. Gidilim tasalach. And then it says right after that, wear tzitzis. Now, Vamra Belazar, Belazar says, Simuchim menatominayim, that by writing things, the juxtaposition is significant, and there to teach you a law. And how do you know it's a pasuk in Tehillim? Shenemar, Simuchim la'ad 
Asuyim Be'emes V'yashar, by the connection of the one verse written next to the other, is forever, and it's done intentionally to convey concepts, to convey halachos. And therefore, um, that's one example. So basically what we're saying is, is that if you have a, you want to wear tzitzis on your garment, and it happens to be a linen garment, now one of the strings of a tzitzis is the blue wool string, which is the tzitzis. So therefore, we're saying that the, the mitzvah, positive mitzvah, putting on tzitzis, will override the negative prohibition of the isra of shatnis. Shatnis. That's the idea. Okay? Now, Vam Rav Sheshaz Am Rav Belazar, Amishom Rav Belazar Ben Azari, another halacha that is based on smuchim. Okay? Minayin liyavama shenafla lufnim muka shchin. If you have a yavama that falls, the brother, her brother-in-law, who now she has, Yibam needs to be done to, happens to be particularly ugly. Right? He's, he has, um, he's, He's only has a face only a mother can love. Okay, whatever deformities, is, has a pot mark, whatever. Right. He or she. The him. So the halacha is she ain't. She's she is balking. She's like I can't I can't be married to this guy. So she ain't chosmin osa. We don't muzzle her and say, woman, you know, control yourself and do bad. And that's just the way it is. That we don't do that. Rather, we, in this case, we, will, um, we don't force her to go forward with the Yibam. We instead force him to do Chalitza. Okay? We say, okay, listen, she doesn't want to be married to you. Nothing against you. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> but you've got to do Chalitza. You've got to do Chalitza. That's just the way it is. This is what's going to happen, okay? You're not marrying her, okay? Nice try, but you're not marrying her. Is this the McCourt, what we were asking in the beginning? A woman has a right to... Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, this is the source for it. Okay. And it's ba- how do you know that? So where's the basis for this halakha? So when a when woman's getting, getting married with someone, she has to look into the fame of the brothers for... The, right, to see, the, right, to see who's, who's, right, who's, who's going to fall to. Right. So, Shanama, but at this well, time, yeah. we know that she's entitled to deny it. That's exactly, this is the source. But where do you see that? Because it says, You're forbidden to muzzle your ox while he's threshing. It's not fair to the ox who, who needs to, who's doing the work on the threshing that he can't take a nibble of a little something while he's working so hard. You gotta, be, have, think about it. If you're muzzling, it's like, whoa, this is hard meat. No, no, no. He's doing some job for you. Make sure that he's eating. I remember when they, 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 they applied this verse when I was a waiter, and they said, waiters get to eat something, you know, like that's part of the deal, okay? Um, you can't be serving all this delicious food and not be granted, able to eat something. You have something. to find out what you serve? That's what it is. No, no that's no, what it no. is. No, it's the food's all around you. You're right, you're, you're being surrounded by food. You're being surrounded by food, and you're being put to work, and it's like, don't you touch that? No, no, no. They didn't that's make their right. waiters wear muscles or something. Exactly right. I mean, they didn't get touched. It's not the same thing. I'm just saying it's an idea. It's a conceptual. Okay. Right next to it is the next mitzvah of, of Yibum. Why is Yibum written next to this prohibition? They have nothing to do with each other. The answer is to connect it and to tell you that we don't muzzle, quote, quote unquote, the woman from saying no, from refusing to do you to this man. That's the idea. Okay. Now, 
Be'alma. Actually, smuchim is a matter of contention. Not everybody agrees that just because a pasuk is written next to each other, that automatically conveys halacha. But, um, that, but, but you know, they will agree. B'mishnah Torah. When it comes to sefer dvarim in particular, everybody is darshaning smuchim. They would look at it. Why? The Rebuda Balma, Rebuda in general, as a Tana, Rebuda the Tana, Lo Dorish, he in general does not look at the verse next to it, verse A, next to verse B as significant. However, but when it comes to Sefer Dvarim, which is the repetition of the Torah in the, the, in the book of um, Deuteronomy, um, so it, that's what it means, actually. Second time around. Torah. So, next to Nazir, is that Dvarim or is that? No, that's not in Dvarim, it's a Bamidbar. No, no, but that's juxtaposition. There is a juxtaposition. We're talking about a very specific halacha. That's more of a, like a conveying of a message. And somebody who sees, not halacha, it's a, somebody who sees a sota b'kulkula, yazir atzma minayayin. It's more like a musar idea. That's conveying ideas. It's really conveying ideas. We're learning halachas over here. Okay? It's a question of how far, what are you ready to take out of this? That's the point. Rabbi Huda would have made Rabbi Huda, Yeah, there maybe is a connection, but to, to derive halacha, like laws, that he's not ready to do. Look, he'll give an example. Now, where do we see that generally he doesn't say that? I didn't know generally he doesn't say this. The Italian because the price says, Ben Azi Omer Ben Azi says, It says, on the one hand, you cannot let a which live, okay? She has to be put to death. It doesn't say which death penalty. It just says Lo Don't let her live. Right next to it, it says anyone who commits bestiality must surely die. Why are they written next to each other? So Benazi says, because it's next to each other. Just like somebody who sleeps, who commits bestiality needs to get stoned to death. It's based on the pasuk of Dmehem Bam, which is the terminology, it's a code word for skila. Af mechashefa b'skila, so to mechashefa gets skila. Mechashefa is like... Oh, which? Witchcraft? No, no, no. Can we consider it avodazara? It's its own act. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. It's not avodazara, per se. It's witchcraft. I know, I know. Witchcraft. You're not serving. You're trying to trying to manipulate. You're trying to manipulate the, the, the nature but using occult practices, okay? Does the Gemara say why Rabbi Yehuda holds different between Deuteronomy and Yeah, we're going to get to it. Yeah. It's one of the riot. There's one that there's a theory about it. Yeah, there's a patient. Okay, so, so says Ben Azai, because the Psukim are written next to each other, therefore, it's Piskila, okay? Amrle Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda said to Ben Azai, just because it's written next to it, one pasuk, next to the other pasuk, we're going to put somebody to skila. You're going to give them the, the most severe death penalty on the basis of something as flimsy as that? That's his problem. You understand? It's not like, oh yeah, obviously there's some connection between the psukim, but to say that it's that death penalty on the basis of this, that's weak. It's not strong enough. Okay? And therefore, El. He says a different reason. You want to know why what the death penalty for witchcraft is? Ella of vid oni. Communion with the dead, talking to the dead, is four two forms that are mentioned in the Torah of of, of uh, necromancy. And um, one's called Ov, the other one's called Yid Oni. Different ways, different methods of talking to the deceased. 
So bichlam b'chashevim ayu. That's a form of witchcraft. And v'lamiyatu. Why did it single those two out? Lahakishlam to connect to all forms of witchcraft. V'lam l'chantoli ma over yidoni b'skila. Just like over yidoni, the death penalty is stoning. Af mechashevim b'skila. Now that's a real drasha. This falls into the category of one of the ones that we say in the hermeneutical principles. Kal davar all anything shahayu bichal that was in a general prohibition like. Which covers all forms of witchcraft, including necromancy. And then, and it went out of that general statement, to teach you, not to teach you that the death penalty is stoning just for it. It's coming to tell you this is an example we're singling out that gets the death penalty of stoning, and so too, all the others that are in that list will also get the uh, same death penalty. That's the drush. Okay. Now, where do you see, okay, fine, I understand that Rabbi Yudha is of the opinion in general that smuchin is not really significant enough to derive halachic things from it, okay, laws. However, in Mishnah Torah, he does agree. Tanakamar says, the first opinion is that a man is allowed to marry if a, if, a, if, if a father raped a woman, there is no relation there, and therefore a person is allowed to, his son can actually marry that woman if he chooses to, okay? Even if it wasn't a rape circumstance, but it was just an extramarital relation, not married, uh, they just had relations, it's permitted to the son to marry. That's Tanakam. And the same for the father to the son, son to the father. Rabbi Yudha Oser Banusas Aviv. Rabbi Yudha says that's not true. A man is not allowed to uh, marry the uh, rape victim or the or the seduced woman of the father. My time to Rabbi Yudha. Where does Rabbi Yudha get this from? It's a pasuk. A man should not take it. the wife of his father. Okay, a man's not allowed to marry his father's wife, even if it's not his mother. What does that mean? You cannot reveal, uncover the corner of his father. It's kind of repetitive. What else is it referring to? Meaning, if a, if a, a woman who was, the father saw her, meaning he had relations with, it's forbidden for the son to have relations to her. Okay? How do you know that that's talking about a case of uh, rape also? From the Previous positive. So with the rape victim, uh, there's a special monetary obligation to the family of the to the father of the rape victim. You have to pay fifty silver coins, and then you have to remain married to her. But the point being is, it says rape right before this parsha. So to tell you that even that there is a prohibition for the son to have relations with the anus of the rape victim of his father. Now. It says it right next to it. So what do you see? Rabbi Yehuda is darshaning based on the smuchin. Now, the Rabbanan disagree and say there is no smuchin here. Why not? Rabbanan, you have a samachlei kitakamrit. They do accept smuchin. They just say it's not right next to it. Because um, it's not quite so close. Because it, it didn't say lo aviv right next to the, uh, the prohibition of onus. It said, Lo yikach es, 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 
So it's it, there's an interposition between the two, and therefore that doesn't qualify as a smuchim. But what you nevertheless do see is that in Mishnah Torah, Rabbi Yehuda is ready to accept the concept of smuchim. Why is Mishnah Torah different? You want to know? That's coming up right now. Okay. So hashdal um adal, uh, so 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 the Gemara says so therefore what is hashdal losamachli since it's not right next to it it's talking about a different scenario the shomeris yavam akosamidaber we're talking about a case of shomeris yavam where the father never even did marry her but he he was she was um um she was the yavama of the father okay and uh, and even though that woman is anyway should be prohibited. As your aunt, but it's velavar alav bishnei lavim. That's how they learned the pasuk that is talking about. It's giving you a second lav against marrying because, after all, this was your father's brother's wife. He, the brother passed away without children, and now she, that wife, is falling to the father for yibum. Even if the father never actually did yibum to her, um, that's what it means. Lo and you're prohibited to her. Anyway, point being is, that's the rabbi's opinion. Now, here's the question. Why is um, uh, Deuteronomy an exception from the rest of the Torah? And here, Smuchan, he does accept. So there's two explanations. Either or I'll tell you. Because it's always clear that uh, why else is it put next to each other? Or because it's superfluous, it's extra. Uh, it being that the whole uh, Deuteronomy is all repetition. So therefore, these are things that we already said elsewhere. So that's the idea. Now explains both sides. Meaning, let's talk about this example. Why not put this section, after all, it's talking about a forbidden union. Why is it even placed in this area? It should talk about forbidden unions in the area of forbidden unions. It's being thrown in in the middle of the case of Ones, of Right. Why would it be placed here? Obviously, to connect. That's the mucha. It prove it's provable. Okay. It's superfluous. Why didn't Cain Could have just said the word lo The whole line lo is completely not not adding anything. Shmamina. That's why mufna lafnuye is to tell you that it's extra to connect now. And to create a special connection to the, to the to the what what's right next to it, Gabi tzitzis nami and by tzitzis as well it's the same circumstance. You tzitzis is written in Deuteronomy the the smuchim, and that's one that Rabbi Yudah will agree to as well. Ibay say mishum demuchach you could say it's because it's muchach. Ibay say mishum demufna or it's extra. Now what how? Ibay say mishum demuchach the imkain lechtevei rachmana gabi parshat tzitzis. We had a parshat tzitzis in shalach. Why we why we talk, repeating tzitzis in Deuteronomy? And, you know that that's not you know left. You could have just mm-hmm. talked about all the laws of tzitzis in the parsha of Shlach. The my hilchas Why do we write it over here, right next to Shatnes, to tell you this idea? That's muhach. Now we already said by Shatnes that you're not allowed to wear Shatnes garments and not let it go on you. So lo tilba shatnis lamely. Why do we need a pasuk of a lo silba shatnis here? Okay, lamely. It's shmamina lafnui. It's superfluous. It's extra, and therefore, um, and therefore, it's meant to teach you something. And what it's coming to teach you is that 
the mitzvah of the positive mitzvah of tzitzis will override the negative prohibition of shanis, which is what our whole source is over here. Okay, now, question is, is that hani mitzvah tzvichi? Actually, these two psukim are complementary. Okay, not complementary, but complementary. Meaning, the, what one teaches is something that I wouldn't have known from the other. And there, therefore, it's ne- very necessary. It's not an extra line. Because of Rahman lo yala we would just have the first verse of lo yala don't put it on you. I would have thought, the Torah prohibits all forms of holding clothes upon you as being prohibited. I feel even if I'm a clothes salesman, I would also be prohibited to be wearing shanis in that circumstance. <laughs> Therefore, because Rahman carrying, carrying a shanis. Like putting your bag and carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. wearing it. You're carrying it, but it's yale olecha, is a very broad term. Right. Shall not go up upon you. So we would have been extended, if it would have just been that basuk, we would have extended it to all forms of going on you mm-hmm. as being prohibited. That's why it specifically says, that it must be similar to wearing the ispana, that you're getting pleasure from that. Then, in other words, there needs to be some sort of pleasurable component in order to be obligated. Because of Rahman al-Silbash, and we would just have the word al-Silbash, Havamina, I might have thought, Tafka Levisha, only proper Levisha, the Navashani which gives you a lot of benefit. Aval Halalo, but just going on you, but which gives you minimal benefit or some benefit, lo, not. Therefore, because of Rahman that's why by the combination of the two verses, we get the full picture. It, it's a, has to be Hala that's akin to Levisha. Okay, but it doesn't have to be a, a, a only levisha, the only proper wearing, which gives you the full maximum benefit, but even partial benefit. Okay, point being is there actually, each each verse is com- very necessary to convey the proper law. But nevertheless, could have just said and you're right, that would have been important. But the words wool and linen is completely extra. Why? How do you know it's woolen linen? <laughs> we already said beged uh, Now, what does beged mean? Torah many times used the word begadim without telling you the material. And in one place, it says very clearly what which material we're referring to, and that is temer pishtim. So I've called temer pishtim whenever it uses the word beged. That's code for Tzemer Pishtim. So, so therefore, Tzemer Pishtim, the cause of Rachman, are lovely. Why do we have to mention woolen linen? Every use of the word Beged, according to the school of Rabbi Shmuel, is automatically only woolen linen. Shmamina, Lafnuya, therefore it's written here, and it's extra. And if it's extra, then for sure, it's there to connect to the other verse to tell you that there's no mitzvahs, uh, that the positive mitzvah of Tzitzis overrides the prohibition of Shanis. Now, it's still necessary. Why? I might have thought like this. When it comes to which is not proper wearing, which doesn't give you full benefit. You're not wearing it the right way, so to speak. It's just wrapped on you. Um, that's when it needs to be one linen to be the transgression. Which is a real way of wearing it. Which gives you full benefit. Maybe the Torah prohibits any mixture of species. And that could be what the Torah is telling us. 
Therefore, we need to tell you, to tell you that even by Levisha, it's strictly only going to be by wool and linen. So the bar says, in Cain, if that was what it was trying to convey, could have left it out. And we would have automatically known by use of the same unusual word, Shana is in both places, that just like by Hala, it's only wool and linen, so to here it's only wool and linen. Now, the Tana, the very Bishmal, the school of Rabbi Shmuel, time of the Kasra Rachman at Semra Pishtim. It's only because it says Semra Pishtim. Halav Hachi, if not for the word Semra Pishtim, Ava Amina, Halav Hachi, Kalim Betzitzis, Kalim Betzitzis, Hava Amina, Tasra Rachmana. I would have thought that the Torah is prohibiting the, uh, um, the intermingling of species without the extra limud here that tells you that the mitzvah of Tzitzis overrides. I might have thought that it doesn't override. The question is, doesn't the Torah say that every garment, and beged, remember, is code for wool or linen, and it's saying, put tzitzis on your clothes. And we already know, they hold, that the use of the word begadim always conveys, refers to wool and linen. And one of the strings that you put on your tzitzis is tzitzis. Utcheles amrahu and tcheles is we know is wool, so um, so therefore by definition forget about this this special drasha of smuchin to tell you that it that the mitzvah of tzitzis over at shanis the mitzvah of tzitzis itself which is talking about begadim which means wool and linen it's saying put on strings and one of the strings even if it's a linen garment is wool because tcheles blue wool is just that it's blue wool. Now, how do you know? Maybe Tcheles is blue anything, okay? Cotton. Blue cotton or blue, any, but whatever. You, you just dye. You could dye whatever material it is. So the Gemara says, no, Tcheles Amra? Who? That's, I know. Since we only have two garments, two materials for garments that are discussed in the Torah. Remember, it's just wool and linen as the options. And Sheish, we know is Kitana is linen. Um, so and then everything else that's listed in the clothes of the Kohanim must be wool, okay? So uh, basically, by process of elimination, basically any of the colored garments, colored threads that go into the clo- make up the clothes of the ko- of the Kohanim, were basically wool that were dyed either with argaman or with uh, treles or with tolashani or with the red color. They're basically all dyed wool. That's what it is. Um, so the bottom line. So the qu- bottom line is we're back to the question: Why would be, uh, the school of Rabbi Shmuel even need the whole drush of smuchin to tell you that the mitzvah of tzitzis overrides the prohibition of shanis? It's in, in the mitzvah itself. It does. So the yitzurich it's necessary. because I might have thought the Rava like Rava says. The Rava Rami Rava asked a contradiction. Siv hakenaf. Hakenaf, the, the letter hey, together with the corner, min kenaf, tells you that the string should be of the same material as the corner, as a garment. And then it says separately, wool and linen. Hakezad, how are we to understand this? Samra, pishtim, poetry, Samra, wool and linen have a special power that you can put it on any material. So, in other words, if I have a cotton garment, my strings can be wool. Okay? Because they work for even a not wool garment, they work for any garment. Uh, if I want to wear linen strings, that only works on linen. If I want to wear silk strings, that's only good for a silk garment. Okay? 
but uh, wool and linen that covers for everything. Right? Now, but any other material, like I mentioned, cotton, silk, but if it's not its species, it doesn't work. Obviously, the school of Rabbi Shmuel can't hold like Rava because there is only two material that are discussed. It's still it's still necessary because might have thought that these Rava's diuk is still a real diuk. It said that it's supposed to be the same species. So how can I have been Maybe what the Torah is saying is like this: the strings for a wool garment should be wool because of the haknaf. Upishtan the pishtan and linen strings for a linen garment. And when you're putting wool on wool, then then you should dye one of the strings or whatever amount that you're supposed to do for tchilas, and that's what you do, but not for linen. But I don't put wool for linen or linen for wool. That's why I need this extra drosha, because Rachman and Tzermer Pishtim together, Tafil and Tzermer, the Pishtim and Pishtim and Tzermer, wool for linen, linen for wool, that would be allowed, and that's because the mitzvah of tzitzis overrides the prohibition of shanis. Anyway, that's the stopping point, and take it up from here tomorrow.